What's a special night uh, in the life of our church and really more of a family time than what we'd purely call a worship service, although I would contend that worship is indeed what we're doing tonight. Worship means ascribing to God what he's worth, understanding who God is, his power, his glory, his majesty, and recognizing what he's doing in us and among us and through us because of his word and because of his grace. What we're doing tonight is just uh, hearing from the five graduates. And before they get the microphone, I get it. And before we get to go home, Bob gets it. And I'm okay with that. Uh, Let me give you a little bit of history and rewind uh, the tape. Uh, About six years, uh, I was um, ministering at Grace Community Church, involved in teaching at the DMN level and at the MDEV level at the seminary and the think tank of the seminary and thinking about training so many ways all the time it seemed like, as well as my pastorate there at Grace. And before I knew that I was going to be uh, launching out into a senior pastorate and before I knew I was going to be leaving the master's seminary and Grace Church, I began to feel a bit of an uneasy itch in my own heart. And what was happening is... I was understanding that the training of the men that was happening in the Master Seminary was, was fantastic. But not all of those men went to Grace Church, and not all the men who went to Grace Church were in the ministry that I served in. That's okay. That's uh, institutional ministry and, and uh, training, and that's the way most of the world works in seminary. But it was a bit frustrating with me because there was just such limited access to these men and such limited ways of of seeing their calls to ministry. And I began thinking and dreaming and hoping about one day being able to do all of that in the context of a church. Had no idea that just about 24 months later we would be uh, talking about doing that here at uh, Mission Road and installing equipment upstairs and devoting a classroom to that very thing. But it was very, very relieving to my own heart to watch that kind of training happen in the context of the local church. These men who are graduating next week are just a small group of a lot of men, several men, um, probably two and a half times that, who are also studying here at the Expositors Seminary. What we're doing is trying to facilitate their call. Now, without launching into a sermon, the call to ministry really is comprised of four basic elements. First is desire. You have to want to do it. I have heard people say, men say in my past, well, I was, I was drugged into the ministry, kicking and screaming. Well, you weren't drugged by God. Because the 1 Timothy 3, 1 says, if any man aspires, desires the office of overseer, uh, of overseer, it's a fine work, a kalos ergon. It's a work, a fine work that he desires to do. You have to desire it. You want to do it. The second element is character. You have to be above reproach. Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3 give very specific um, uh, qualifications for a man regarding his character. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we have a higher standard. In fact, a man of God doesn't have a higher standard. He has a higher accountability to the only standard. There's nothing more special about uh, what I'm required than of any Christian. I'm required to be an exemplary Christian man, as are these men who are aspiring to, to ministry. So desire and character. A third is giftedness. You have to have the gifts commensurate with 
ministry. You have to have some gifts of leadership, some gifts of administration, gifts of teaching, gifts of discernment. And the fourth is confirmation. And by confirmation, it means that the, the elders, uh, at least in the pastoral epistles, came to the point where they laid hands on a man, which meant they gave him and the church the affirmation that he was indeed desirous of the, of the work, that he was indeed above reproach with character commensurate with the ministry qualifications, that he was indeed gifted in the ways that would allow him to provide spiritual leadership in the church, and the church confirms that. And that's what we've really come to. This is, a, this is not just an institutional seminary. These men are doing what they're doing in the context of you and, and us. It's a fishbowl, an intended fishbowl. And for the last four years, the five men who are graduating from the Expositor Seminary next week have not only come to MRBC for us to evaluate them and confirm their gifts and evaluate their character and, and enjoy their desire, but we've also come to see that they were gifts of God to us. They've ministered to us. They've ministered for us. Each of these men and their wives have played a special role in our church, and for that we are eternally grateful. So each of the men are going to share and I, uh, I'll have my chance later in the week and next week, so I'll reserve all my comments uh, until then. But I want to say briefly that I'm thankful for each of them. Um, Trevor, thanks for your input, not just in the junior high ministry, but your input into my sons, into my family. Uh, not only have you had spiritual influence, but you have, you have tutored in math, our boys, which has to be a spiritual gift. <laughs> I'm grateful for your friendship and... Uh, you and Christina have been very dear and precious to Kim and me. Um, Noah, I'm grateful for your uh, ever-present smile and optimism. And it uh, seems like you had your hands in so many things. In the last year or so, you've been uh, dialing into Wednesday nights. And you, your maturity exercised in being so immature with the kids is exemplary. <clears throat> and I really mean that. The ability to relate to children and to teach them. If you can teach a child a lesson... That's way more difficult than standing in front of a group of adults who actually want to hear what you have to say and at least can fake that they have an attention span. So uh, thanks for doing that. Uh, Myrl, you too have worked with the children and really um, kind of taken the, the, the baton from, from uh, Richard Oaks and begin to work administrative and spiritual uh, fruit in that ministry from an organizational and from a... Um, a high level altitude looking at, at the spiritual connections that need to take place in the family, not just children. And I'm also appreciative of your administrative gifts and your discernment, even looking around our church and giving us suggestions, wetting your engineering skills with that and, and, uh, and looking very much forward to having you around for, I don't know, four or five decades at Mission Road, okay? Uh, Adam, where's Adam? Uh, you've served our church so well in student ministries and impacted each of my sons as well. I, um, I'm grateful that they have heard from you and Trevor as well. You've been an answer to prayer. From, from the time our boys were very young, we prayed, God, we know there'll be times when our sons will better listen to other people with the same message as us than they will us. Please surround them with voices that can speak into their lives that are biblical. And you've been that voice for my boys, and you've been that for so many of our students here at Mission Road. 
And Aaron, where do I start and stop with you? We could spend the rest of the night uh, talking about your gift to us. Aaron was hired as the Swiss Army Knife, and he has remained that. And we find he has more little tools on his little um, uh, knife than we ever knew when we hired him. He came to do music and care groups and shepherding and counseling and a hundred other things. And uh, I, if, if we go down that list of desire and character and gifts, you qualify in all three of those. Not only that, you're, you're a comrade and a friend. Uh, when, when Bob and I were looking at um, bringing you on, it, was, it wasn't a long discussion. It wasn't a long decision because of the, not only that your love for the Lord, but your, your ability to understand ministry that I'm convinced not a lot of people may have given you credit for in the past. You are a gift to our church, and we're so grateful for you, and thanks for being not only a gift to our church, thanks for being my friend, for calling me on the carpet, for confronting my sin, for not letting me get away with anything, and for doing it with grace and with dignity. We're all very excited to watch you men walk next week, and as you'll hear probably next week, it's not the, it's not the, the finish line, it's, the, it's actually the starting blocks, and we're excited to see what the Lord is going to do. I, I could literally spend the rest of the night um, talking about each of you, and that would serve my soul well, but not yours or theirs. So we're going to hear from each of you, and uh, we're going to start, I think, with Adam. Is that correct? Good evening. This is, uh, this is surreal territory for all four of us. This has been a point in time uh, that we've been looking forward to for years. Um, and I know you all have as well, and about two years ago, I uh, started getting questions about uh, what are you going to do after graduation? Graduation's coming around. And the first, the first couple questions about you're graduating, where you're going to go, those made sense, but they kept on coming. And they've continued to come for two years. They've caused me to wonder if, if you all are looking forward to us leaving even more, more than we are. Uh, for, uh, for some of us, we'll be staying around here for, for, for a while, and as you'll hear, some of us are leaving. This is, this is surreal and uh, fun territory. We've been looking forward to this for, for some time. I think what you'll find is that many of us have really five versions of the exact same testimony tonight. Um, but just like it's a blessing to hear any testimony, hearing the different angles of how God has impacted us individually through the same curriculum, through the same system, um, has been incredibly life-changing for us. I hope that it'll be a blessing for you guys as well tonight. Because um, I was discerning what to um, what to to bring down to really the most fundamental things that I've gained from being at Mission Road and the Expositor Seminary. What I realized was that it would be valuable to bring a little bit of a running start into my approach to seminary. Uh, I have desired to be in pastoral ministry for a long time, uh, long before seminary, long before college. It was early on in high school where I really was committed in my mind to pastoral ministry, and I pursued that end in my my choice of college, uh, pursued that end in my, my choice of seminary. Um, as I graduated college, I was told that if I wanted to pursue pastoral ministry, that I needed to have a seminary degree. And so I began to look into seminary options with, with that goal in mind, that if I was going to be a pastor, I needed to be seminary trained. What I want you to hear in that is that really as I was pursuing a, a seminary, what I was pursuing fundamentally was a degree. Um, and I say that negative, negatively, you'll see in a few minutes. I was pursuing a degree, not necessarily the training that comes in seminary. 
I, I was here because I was told that I needed to be here if I wanted to be a pastor. I say all that to say that, that as I graduated college and uh, married my wife, we had, we had a crazy transition here to Kansas City. On the space of just a couple weeks, we, we got married, uh, went on a honeymoon, moved to Kansas City, started jobs, started church here, and started seminary. And uh, God exposed in my life in the beginning months and up to the first year of seminary that there was a large amount of self-centeredness that had driven me to desire pastoral ministry. Um, I think it's actually a theme for a lot of guys that the first year of seminary is a very humbling year. And as you're sitting in classes, as, as you're sitting looking at proven and tested pastors communicate to young men what it takes to be faithful in the ministry, I began to realize that a lot of my motivations for pursuing ministry were sinful. And so I had to go back to the drawing board, and I had to ask, why do I even want to be in full-time ministry? And through the process of that first year, God really brought me to my knees and humbled me in realizing that you can pursue ministry, which is a good thing, with pride in your heart. You can pursue ministry. Any of us can do this. We can pursue ministry in the church for sinful and selfish reasons. So God taught me in that first year how much I had to grow in humility. And uh, that was that was a difficult lesson for me to learn. As I look back on these four years, they've been four of the most challenging and yet four of the most profitable years of my life. And really, as I look back, that's what stands out to me. Uh, God humbled me in that first year. He taught me that there was pride in my life that I had never seen before and that I had to rid that to be a faithful pastor. As we move forward in seminary, really the next thing that stands out is that I began to learn another area that, 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 that I didn't know I was weak in, but that was how to handle the Word of God. Uh, as we begin to, to sit in, in classes on the languages, as we begin to, to study under pastors, what, what you realize is that the task of preaching the Word of God is a difficult and high task. I realized early on in seminary that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, started working with students in preaching sermons, and I look back on those now, and I still have much to learn. But I look back on those now, horrified with with what I was what I was preaching and teaching, how, how I was using the Word of God, not not in the way that it was always intended to be used. And, and as we sat in classes with with uh, men like Pastor Rick and, and men like Dr. Zemek, I'm sure you'll hear his name several times tonight. Dr. Zemek is is a, an older man who has been teaching seminary classes for a long, long time. One of those guys that just um, he just he just smells smart. You know, it's one of those guys. Everything about him is is genius. And uh, learning from these men on how to handle the Word of God, how to understand the language, how to approach the text, how to do contextual analysis, all all of those things in, in preaching the Word of God uh, was so foundational to me. And, and I'll continue the benefits of that for the rest of my life. Those, those are two initial things that, that really, really changed who I was early on. Um, as I've continued in seminary, there's been another massive realization for me, and I think this has primarily come from Pastor Rick, uh, but it's come from other men in, in seminary as well. And uh, that is an emphasis throughout the seminary degree that we are not training to be preachers who pastor. We are training to be pastors who preach.
church. That's a slight emphasis, but it's, it's monumentally important. I think early on, one of the reasons that I pursued pastoral ministry was, was to preach. And that's, that's okay, but what I've learned in seeing ministry modeled uh, at Mission Road and beyond is that pastoral ministry is not so much about preaching as pastoral ministry is about shepherding. And the way that that manifests itself more than anything in sitting in elder meetings and sitting in staff meetings and, and, and talking to men who have been in ministry, most of the conversation doesn't center around preaching. Most of the conversation centers around the shepherding of souls. And we have such faithful models of that here at Mission Road. And uh, God, God has taught me that through many classes at TES. Um, but I think what you'll hear tonight repeatedly and, and probably the most foundational benefit for me at the Expositor Seminary has been the, the life application that we are able to express in the local church. Um, you guys have all been gracious and kind um, as we have been applying what we are learning in the local church. Uh, this is uh, often referred to as a living laboratory and it, it is so fundamentally important that as we have been learning, as we have been sitting in classes, that we are able not just to retain that information, but to live that information out in ministry in the local church. And uh, that, that fundamentally is what the Expositor Seminary is. Uh, it's seminary in the church. And so for me specifically, that's meant working with students. And there's there's nothing more humbling, there's nothing more challenging than um, than, than trying to keep junior hires and high schoolers awake through your sermons. And uh, that has been, it's been so healthy for me to be able to to learn and to be able to, to shepherd those souls while we're going through seminary. And so it's been an incredible, incredible blessing. We, we, could, we could talk all night about different ways, that, that, that different things for which we need to thank you all. Um, you've all been such a foundational part of our seminary training. So I thank you and uh, appreciate your prayers. Uh, my plan is to uh, stay on here at Mission Road and to continue to serve as the pastor of student ministries. Um, my wife and I have had a blast doing that so far, and we're looking forward to continuing for uh, doing that for years to come. So that's really the testimony of how God has impacted my life. Next up is uh, a dear friend of mine and partner in ministry, and that is Trevor Aikens. Trevor, come on up. Uh, coming into that class, I knew he was going to be talking about apologetics. 
just get so much into these philosophical arguments of the, the Bible self-authenticating all these kind of things. And so I was kind of wondering what kind of neat theological and philosophical proof stock would present, how we would interact with philosophers of all these things. Really, this is what I learned from Dr. Stone in that class. One, I didn't know half as much about philosophers and theology as he had forgotten. And two, if the Bible shows itself to be true, then relying on intricate philosophical arguments to say that actually betrays a, a lack of trust in the Word of God and the simplicity of it. And so, in every class that all of us have had with God, He's continued to teach me we should always let the text be what it is. Let it say what it's going to say. Let it teach what it's going to teach before I try to put it into my handy little theological box. Especially when it, when and if it doesn't fit so well. It's just so committed to the Word of God. And that, honestly, was one thing that kind of pulled me back and, and anchored me. Not on, on human arguments and human reasoning and thinking, but in the Scripture. Well, one question I'm continually asked uh, regarding seminary kind of goes along these lines. So, you're from Florida, right? This is Kansas. You're from Florida. Uh, yeah, that's me. I'm the guy who uh, came up here in the middle of a tropical storm and drove past all the other TES campuses. So, like, why in the world? Like, you drove past perfectly good other campuses to get here, right? Yes, I did. Uh, and that's a great question. I think. There's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, I, I know in college, I, I stayed kind of close to home, and so I really kind of felt that the Lord would use moving away from home, being out of my comfort zone, to kind of shape and mold and, and just really chisel out my character a little more. And, and that's been true. But really, a huge part of the reason why I came here to Kansas City was to learn from Rick's ministry. And to be under him and see how, how he does things. And so because of that, I, I have my passport up to date. I've got all my shots. And, you know, you, you sign up for frequent flyer power. No, <laughs> no really, I, I came to learn that, that healthy ministry serves people, not programs. Uh, since I came, the look of Sunday morning's changed a few times. Uh, and, and that's not always easy. And by the way, I think the church has done an awesome job of kind of responding to that and growing with that and being flexible in that to show the way that guys love each other. And and how just growing into Mr. Red like is about you guys really see that it's about each other. And so I've, I've really learned from your flexibility in that. But until recently I kind of interpreted that as like, hey, maybe he's you know still kind of trying to sell in or that kind of stuff. And what I've really learned since then, and, and thinking about that deeper, is that really all of those changes reflect a heart that regularly approaches God with the needs and the resources that God's provided. And it asks, how do we best serve our people? Rather than just, what did we do last year? And that's, that's been kind of a, a major information, like just paradigm shift the way I think about uh, ministry and how it's done. And so, I thank you for that.
It's also one of the things I've learned is being part of the body here at Mission Road, and at the same time being students at TES. It's this wonderful blend we have in the center between being a student and being here in the church. I mean, what other seminary could you have, Rick, to help you drive you home after you get stuck two times in the snow of the first winter of your life on the way to school? Probably no other one that I can think of at least that's at TES Kansas City. And he's been especially helpful by pressing us to make sure that we can communicate complex truth in civil words. This is exactly the kind of things that Adam was talking about. Um, I, I thank all of you guys who were part of the seminary lab that was alive, junior high ministry, and continues to be under Abe. Um, thank you guys for letting me practice on you, practice doing those things better. Um, you know, having to deal with issues along the lines of, hey, you know, should you really have used hypothetic union as a term in front of seventh graders? That really was. You, know, you just can't practice that stuff in a classroom. You've got to be in the world. Well, nothing about seminary will ever graduate anyone from the basic need to have a relationship with Jesus, as he's found on the pages of Scripture. Along those lines, I had a conversation before going into seminary with, with a guy, some of you might know him, his name's Dave Corinthian, and he's a pastor now in the Vancouver area, and he was a graduate from TES as well. And before seminary, he said to me, you know what, I want to go to seminary, what, what I want to get out of it. And so I'm starting to think about all the standard reasons, like, you, know, you want to be a shelter in school, you want to have, you know, those extra resources for ministry, and, and so that you can be, you know, even better in God's hands, he can use you better. That's not what he said. That's not what Dave said. His answer was, I want to grow closer to Jesus. I want to know that my faith is better. And that's just That's exactly what the Lord has used Mission Road Bible Church and the Esposer Seminary to bring about in my life. And all the youth games, Sunday school and early morning coffee with people I see their faces now, the Lord has used you to form the character in me that he wants for this world. Your willingness to give it yourselves to us students unreservedly shows a faith in Jesus that the world needs and especially all of the past, present, and future TES students. So thank you for that. And finally, I know this is supposed to be about what God's done here in the church and in the seminary, but since it's Mother's Day, I think it wouldn't be too out of place to acknowledge the love, care, and support in every way that you, Mom, and, and my dad as well, have, have given me from the first day I came up to if it wasn't for who my parents are before the Lord, I wouldn't be standing here before you guys today. Literally, Mom helped out every time I moved so. I really wouldn't be here. Uh, so thanks, Mom and Dad. And thank, thank you, Mission Judge. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all the many ways God continues to work miraculous things through His power and through your faithfulness to Him.
My name is Noah Hartmetz, and uh, I'm graduating next week. Although that's a little presumptuous to say, because we do have a test on Thursday. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so many things I can echo with uh, with the other men so far. But we're really boiling things down. Not one element of our training has been theory. That's one of the geniuses of, of TDS and, and, and bringing it into local church and specifically here in Mission Road. Nothing has been theory. Everything everything's been put into practice immediately. We we exit out that door that's, that's up there and we have to go do it. Uh, which is difficult at times. Um, actually all the time. So we've been we've been forced to put our, our shepherding to the test each week over the last four years because we have been trained here. We've been trained amongst you, amongst, amongst the people of God at Mission Road Bible Church, uh, people who know us, know what we're doing, and then, and then you're willing to let us serve you in this way, and to, and to trip, and to stumble, and, and, to, and to beg your forgiveness, and then and also to, to see your grace and your kindness um, towards um, So, nothing's theory here. And so, just a few re reflections on the last four years, which, by the way, have really been the best four years of my life. Hopefully I can get through this. Okay. Um, just a few reflections. The, the number one thing that, that I wanted to get out of this experience, out of these four years, was to know, to be able to know and handle God's Word. Uh, and that meant to know Greek and to know Hebrew. And, uh, and I, but I never thought that I could get so excited about an, an element of grammar or, or how to block down a grammar passage. And that, that's like really exciting, people. Like really. Um, and so, so I got that. And then also with that, like hermeneutics, okay? This is, this is what, it, what it says. Now, now, what does it mean by what it says? And we were given that. We, we were trained and sharpened in that, in, in hermeneutics. And then also in implications. So what? So what? What does that, what does that mean for, for us? How do we take that out from, from God's word, hearing it, and then what do we do with it? What do we do with these principles? So overall, I've been given the tools to, to confidently say that, that this is what God's word says, and then what's probably, uh, it is just as important to be able, at the same time, to say God's word takes us this far and no farther. That the secret things belong to the Lord. And that, 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 was, a, that was a realization that came up over and over and over. That, and God's word just doesn't give us that. God doesn't give us that. And we need to trust in that. Then also training and, and shepherding God's flock. This was probably the uh, just as, as Adam and Trevor had said that, that um, we're not preachers or pastors, which means that we 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 are sheep ourselves and uh, we're as shepherds, uh, sheep under Christ, and, and then we're, we're training to be shepherds. We're, we need to smell like sheep, and, and that means that, that our door needs to be unlocked, and we need to leave from time to time to go meet with people uh, and to love them. And, and that was a that was a major eye for me, uh, for whatever reason. That, that I, I need to I need to love people. And I need to rely upon God's grace to do that, to, to, to be a faithful shepherd. Uh, 
because without without his grace, I'm just in it for myself and, and in it for the game and, and whatever else I can get out of it. And and, and these four years have taught me that, that, that that's not possible if you want to be faithful. So training training in, in shepherd God's flock and training in uh, in character refinement. First and foremost, uh, Trevor ended with it, loving Christ. That that is essential. That is essential. Loving Christ. That, that, uh, that even in the midst of the exegesis, even in the midst of, of, of what in the world is this Hinnacloth doing here, all of it is to, to increase love and devotion to Christ, ultimately. And then uh, be, uh, be an example, be a model in the congregation. Having this, if Christ is, is, is calling you to be a shepherd in the church, then, then you need to look like him. And that is the apprentice of your life before you're a pastor. I mean, it's, it's just, and it gives you the grace to do that, to be, uh, so that you need to be an example and a model in the congregation. Um, and, then, and then you don't leave your family behind, you don't leave your, your wife behind, you don't leave your children behind. And then you love the church. I already said that. You love the church. So pursuing godliness in every area so that so that I am spent on behalf of, of the people of God, of the church, for Christ's sake. And that, that, that's, everything is pushing in that direction. And then also um, just an incubation in, in a healthy church. You're a healthy church. Not a perfect church, folks. But you're a healthy church. And, and so I've I've witnessed I've witnessed you trust God in leadership. He's given you uh, witnessed you rallying to serve others in so many ways. And then uh, witnessed you grow in the nitty-gritty of body life. I mean, instruments in the reviewer's hands was kind of a big deal for our church, I think. And, and, and we, we walk through that book um, together, a large part of us, and, and, um, and, I, and I know in, in my care group, it was, it, was, uh, it was an island for all of us. And so we, we walk through that, and, and we're better for it, and we're continuing to increase and to grow in that. And then uh, and I witnessed you love Christ and love his word. You, you didn't just want a preaching center. You, you wanted to grow in Christ together. And then I've witnessed all of this at the leadership level through, through K14. Uh, kids, I've really enjoyed this time. Which I didn't think I would say in August, but, <laughs> but I really enjoyed this time, especially, especially playing games and, and, and seeing Bob cringe at, at some of the balls that were flying around. But I've also witnessed it at the body level in, in so many other areas. Uh, a healthy church. And so I've witnessed firsthand God working in my life through, through many of you. And so we, we, and the bottom line is this, we've served the Lord and His church together in many ordinary ways. Just ordinary ways. So, so each day that I've been here is, over the last four years is really confirmed that this is what I want to do. I, I, not, not just be a pastor, I want to be in the church as much as I can. I want to be part of the body of Christ with my whole entire life. So, so thank you for helping me toward that. And then, uh, I know I was going to run out of time with this.
this. Um, I've gained lifelong ministry comrades in first Rick and Bob. Um, you guys are an example. You're Bob. Or, or me. Uh, Rick, you have a passion for Christ and you have a passion for his people. And, and, and I want to do that. And Bob, you, you have an attention to detail because everything ought to be done for the Lord of Christ. Everything. So, so both of you model a, a care and concern for, our, for our RBC and to, to be conformed to the image of Christ. And, and so I want to be like you. So I hope you know what I'm saying about that. And then Aaron, Adam, Trevor, Marl, have been nearly every single class together for four years. Um, and you're still my friend. Wow. Um, you guys have meant so much to me. Uh, and, and God has used you immensely to shape the world into a better servant of Christ. And you, you're going to be the man who, who I call. Speed dial. Um, I am sick today. I'm going to drive down in two hours. But I, I'm so thankful for, for the Lord providing you men to be, to be with me in this. So um, there's more, but I'm way out of time. Colossians 1, 28, 29, and we with this. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. And so, uh, 
PBS starts up that fall. And so God brought me out here for ministry at a church, and he gives me the opportunity to then continue on, basically just trying to, trying to be, trying to be equipped, trying to be capable, as capable as I can for serving my family, for serving the church, and whatever the Lord has, and whatever the leadership needed. And so that's, that was my goal um, in starting the seminary, and having TES here was just sort of a happy bonus of coming and being part of you all, coming and being part of Mission Road and the ministry here. Um, and so now, since I started the seminary, it's been six years. I feel like I've been at school forever. So it's been six years, and it started with me doing Hebrew vocab on the living room floor with Linnea, when she was just an infant. I'd yell some funny-sounding Hebrew word to her, and she'd laugh, and then I'd see what the English was, and then I'd yell another Hebrew word, and she'd laugh, and we had a great time. Six years later, I'm writing my last 20-page paper, and we have all five kids tucked in bed now. I said, wow, it's a lot of change in six years. But God has been faithful through it all. As I reflect on that whole process, um, the Lord has not exactly taken a baseball bat to me, but, but day in and day out, he's taken a, uh, taken a chisel to me, just shaped here, shaped here, lopped off a piece here, and, and, and carved and sculpted and, and formed me bit by bit. It feels like as, as more and more gets chipped off, I see more and more areas that he's going to continue to chip off, and so I know what's in store for me uh, in continued ministry. But he's been so kind and faithful through. He's been kind to instruct me uh, through seminary. He's been kind to put me in classes where I learned so much. Um, counseling classes, pastoral leadership classes, Greek and Hebrew classes, and, and theology classes, and even a music and worship class, which in my pride I thought to myself, can I just kind of test out of this? And that turned out to be so instructional for me and, and helpful for me and, and um, shaping in my own thinking. And I was sufficiently rebuked by the Lord through that. It's been kind of instructive through professors, uh, whether it's Rick or, or others, um, godly men who I have so much to learn from. He's been kind of instructive through fellow students as as we sit around the table and eat lunch and, and talk absolute seminoid, nerdiness, geek stuff. Uh, to, to hear their thinking and the thought process and the things they're learning to be encouraged and sharpened and spurred on and all those things, it's, it's been fantastic. God has been faithful to humble me, to humble me by making it clear at, at the beginning how much I didn't know, and uh, I forget who said it, but at this point now, how much I still don't know. And that's, and that's great, right? Because if we were ever done, then we'd be done. We'd have no more to, to, to study, no more to learn who God is, and, and yet we know that that never ends, and so that can, process continues. He's humbled me by showing me I still have many areas of sin to struggle with and to, to lay at his feet and to pursue victory through the power of Christ, uh, whether it's impatience or anger or bad priorities or laziness or, or any of those things. Seminary helps you draw those out as you walk at one more paper or one more book or another night of, uh, of reading and assignments. He's been kind of helping me by helping me realize there are so many men in this church, in that classroom, in churches around who are way smarter than I am. And that's always good to know. There are, there are brilliant guys out there working and studying and, and laboring at God's word, and, and it's, it's comforting to know that they're 
being trained and going to be laboring for God's glory in, in churches around Kansas and eventually the world even. Like I said, God has been faithful to shape me. Uh, you know, I've juggled school and work and ministry and family and lots of changing dynamics in our family for, for a multitude of years. Uh, and you and I are in the same boat. Things come up in life and God shapes you. You, know, you, you learn through the circumstances that he puts us in. And seminary just happened to be one of those circumstances that God has put me in. And he's taught me how to, how to live sacrificially. How to say, well, how, how can I wake up earlier or go to bed later so that my family doesn't bear the brunt of the time that I have to invest in the academics. He, he's, he's taught me how to... Um, how to even take a lower grade on something that I might prefer because someone in, our, in my church that I love and care for needs some time. And, and that soul is far more valuable than a grade. I love those sort of lessons of, of shaping my thinking and my priorities. Um, I've, been, I've been blessed and sort of cursed to be the, the hybrid. You know, I'm, I'm on staff, I'm a pastor, and I'm an elder, and you know, I'm a, a seminoid too. And so um, I never know where I fit or who I belong to. And it's really kind of sad. Um, but the nice thing is I get I get on the job in intensive instruction where I walk out of the class on counseling and, and oh hey there, there's a there's someone coming in for a meeting later later that day or, or the next day. So it's immediate application has been so rich, so so helpful. Uh, I know each of the guys has gotten that I've been blessed over six years to watch my wife grow in patience and in grace and understanding and support. And, uh, and so my appreciation for that has grown as I've seen her strength grow. Uh, life has not gotten any simpler for, for you as, as I've gone through seminary. And yet uh, she actually has just gotten more understanding and more supportive and more gracious. And so I'm going to carry that with me uh, going forward as well. The, the treasure that God has given me uh, in, my, in my family, my wife, and my kids. Uh, truly appreciate her in those things. So it's been, it's, been a, it's been a shaping process, whether it's through the content, you know, what we've learned, or whether it's been through the process, sort of like a crucible where it gets hotter and hotter and hotter, things start to kind of ooze out and get, get purified. And, um, the Lord has used seminary to impact me as a man, as a father, as a husband, and, and hopefully as a pastor, which uh, my prayer is that you guys derive the benefit from that because I get to be one of your pastors, one of your elders. Uh, I'm so grateful for, for the leadership here and how supportive they've been uh, to, to allow me time, to allow me the opportunity to, to spend the time doing that. And for many of you and your patience as, I, as I've taken the time and had to focus on those, sometimes to the detriment of fulfilling roles or tasks, so I'm grateful for each one of you as a church as a whole, the leadership and, and the support. You as a church, the leaders, have been a picture of God's grace to each one of us. And I'm going to go ahead and say to me particularly, just because I can, and you can argue with me later. Um, but to me particularly, that's been a tremendous blessing. So thank you to each and every one of you. And to God be the glory, looking for Him to work in and through us, each one of us going forward, no matter where we are, what he has us doing. We want to honor the Lord as 
Thank you for partnering with us in that. Yes, I've been firmly rooted 
in an exegetical methodology where the text is sovereign. And what I mean by that is that nothing, absolutely nothing, supplants the meaning of Scripture. Not a theological construct, not a system that I need to fit my interpretation into, nothing. We have been reminded and enforced and told and equipped with a view that says each verse of God's Word must be proclaimed in accordance with what its author intended in its context and is to be turned loose so that it can do its work in God's people. I've been given a sober and realistic view of the rigors of faithful pastoral ministry. I'm sure the men now maybe won't admit it, but I entered seminary like most men, thinking that I could basically do Rick's job. I just needed Rick and Hebrew. You can ask them, take them to coffee, and maybe they'll be honest, but it's reality we come in Who gets to sit 
in class with faithful brothers, with these professors, with men who have been doing ministry for decades and just learn what a blessing, what a grace, what a kindness that is. I know these men would all agree with me that have already shared that we have each been given a baton. We've been given a faithful deposit. And I don't know that I want to squander it. I don't, I don't want to either. I love the men that I've served with. I love the men that have led me and trained me, and I love this church. Thank you for making TS a ministry at RBC. It does not exist without the local church. There's no other way to say that. It would not exist without this Bible here in Kansas City. And so for that, thank you. And uh, all glory to God for what he's done through TS. Really, something that he had prayed for for many, many years. 
Foundation. So this is a, uh, it's, it's about to next week that will come to fruition to see that actually happen. So thanks be to God for for allowing that to, to happen. I want to thank you as a church because you have prayed for them. You have been a guiding force in their lives. You have served them in so many different ways. And we could go on and on over the last four years and how you've been able to serve them uh, and make a good testimony of that. You've supported them in many different ways. And you have been very, very patient with them as they, you know, when they first started tossing weird, really strange things and, uh, and, and then just just follow them through and, and just being able to be very patient with people that are training to be pastors. So thank you for that. Um, you, I hope you've heard that they really couldn't have done this without you. And that's so true. I want to read, uh, I, I, over the last few years, I've, I've been with a few other guys going through finished 1st and 2nd Thessalonians Friday mornings, and um, Paul in 2nd Thessalonians um, is, is, starts off the chapter and he's giving, really just thanking them, the church, for being faithful and persevering through many things. Uh, and uh, he ends chapter 1 with two verses, and uh, it's probably not quite the context, but Paul says it much better than I could, and I think this is a great prayer for our church for these men. He says, To this end also we pray for you always, that our God would count you worthy of your calling, and fulfill every desire for goodness, work, faith, and power, so that the name of the Lord Jesus will be glorified in you, and you in according to the grace of our God. challenge you as a church. Pray for these men in that way. Uh, pray for them. They're going to go out into the real world and they're going to have uh, ministries of their own and pray for them that they would glorify, be glorified in what they do, that, that the Lord would be glorified in what they do, uh, and that the name of Christ would be first and foremost in Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for all that you have been doing in this church to prepare these men for ministry. Thank you for the, the work that they put into their studies and their, their ministries even here. We're going to miss their input into this church. And uh, they're going to leave a void. But at the same time, we're very excited for what you have ahead for them. So we pray for them. We pray that that you would be glorified in all that they do as they move from here on to where you have served. Father, go with us now. Make this week a great week. This will thank Christ.